Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition, special edition of the TGH Off The Shelf podcast. Uh, we're getting a second episode this week just because some things happened this week uh, in the realm of video games and sports uh, that I just want to talk about. First and foremost, I'll just quickly do the sports and get it out of the way. Um it's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors for the NBA Finals. Um, honestly, uh, I could care less whichever team wins. Uh, I'll be rooting for more than likely Cleveland just because uh, I don't really care for the Warriors. Um, but I f- have a feeling the Warriors will win. Uh, so beyond that, that's all I have in sports talk for you uh, this this week. Uh, however... There is something that I want to talk about, which is why I'm doing this impromptu second podcast, just because I don't think uh, I really could wait long enough to, to till Monday to uh, talk about this. Tuesday morning, like many other gamers out there, uh, we are on the eve of E3. Let, let me start off with that. We are on the eve of E3. So there's a lot of news and a lot of stuff coming out um, for different video games and stuff like that. So Tuesday morning, uh, a lot of us are kind of shocked and surprised. Bethesda Game Studios goes to their Twitch channel and airs for what seemed, I think, over 24 hours a Please Stand By, a brand new Please Stand By um, that wasn't the... uh, green color of Fallout 3. It wasn't the kind of uh, tannish, deserty color of Fallout New Vegas. Uh, it wasn't the even the, the kind of forest green that was Fallout 4, and it wasn't anything... Uh, it, it was new. It, it had the, the vault kind of color scheme to it, and for 24 hours, they just streamed Please Stand By, and there was a little Vault Boy. So we knew a Fallout-related announcement was coming. A lot of people speculated, uh, you know, it's going to be Fallout 4 port for Switch um, with mods, which is something that's probably just going to be announced at E3 anyways. Um, so it just kind of, it kind of made, it didn't make sense for them to just go ahead and announce that. Uh, just impromptu out of the blue like that. So the speculations kept arising. Uh, maybe it's a, another mobile game like Fallout Shelter or, um, you know, maybe it's Fallout 3 Remastered. Maybe it's a New Vegas thing. Um, you know, New Vegas 2, you know. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things where there was a lot of speculation up in the air and the real thing was not what anybody anticipated at all. Um, the following morning, Wednesday morning, yesterday morning, that Twitch stream now said, now streaming Fallout 76 teaser trailer. Okay, I'm thinking, alright, cool, this is going to be a mobile game. Uh, I went to work, uh, I was real busy at work, and I wasn't able to watch the trailer till later last night. And 
I watched it, and like many of you, I was highly surprised. Um, it's the typical teaser trailer for their full-length uh, AAA Fallout games on, you know, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. So that kind of threw me for a loop, and I was kind of thinking maybe it was still a mobile game until I did some digging and research into it today, that on fallout.com, uh, under their store section, there are several things for pre-order. There is Fallout 76 for pre-order, which lists as for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. So that tells me that it is a brand new, full-length Fallout game. Versus where, you know, Fallout Shelter was kind of um, done on mobile and PC. And it's uh, it's also on all the, the multi-platforms, but it's mainly for mobile purposes. So then this arose the question, okay, well, what kind of game is it? Um, so you watch the trailer and you know you have this little like the the little do 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 and then the song uh starts playing oh west virginia no take me home you know that song uh i don't i can't remember the name of it but uh that song starts playing so now there's a lot of speculation that the game takes place in virginia uh, where Vault 76 resides, um, and it takes place right after, um, based on what some people are speculating, it pretty much takes place as the people are loaded into Vault 76, the bombs fall, and they wait the mandatory wait period uh, after a nuclear blast that it should be somewhat safe enough to be able to go and re- uh, be habitable again. So it's, um, there's a lot of correlation with go out and reclaim. So it's just a teaser trailer and it looks like it's in the Fallout 4 engine based off of the, uh, the quality of the back of the caricature, the character, uh, in the at the very end, where it's you know the guy in the vault suit and it's got seventy six on the back. So this begs my question: Is what style game is this going to be? And before I continue on with that, the second item that caught my attention on the Bethesda store that was for pre order was a Fallout board game, uh, which is it's all for pre order. It's fairly expensive for the entire thing. Uh, you're you're going to be looking at dropping three hundred. 300 bucks or more if you want the entire thing and it's broken down in like different sets all at like 50 bucks a pop one was 80 bucks a pop um and it's it's a follow-up board game that kind of resembles like a dungeons and dragons-esque game which is you know pretty much how bethesda got its start was that's what they wanted to do they wanted to make board games and then they ended up making video games instead um they just kind of grew with the rising times so that's very interesting that they went back to the roots with Fallout. And with this, it's kind of a weird thing because it takes place in a time frame uh, that is not normally around. It'd be like playing, going from Elder Scrolls V Skyrim back to way past uh, 
Morrowind. And as we know, Morrowind takes place a few hundred years, uh, I think, before Oblivion. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. And I know that there's like roughly two to three hundred years, give or take, if I'm remembering correctly, between Oblivion and Skyrim. So this would be like going from Skyrim, Fallout 4, uh, to Fallout to Fallout 76, where the time frame kind of takes place. It's like going from Skyrim to before Morrowind. It's kind of the correlation here. And my biggest thing is, is were they working on this kind of simultaneously with Fallout 4? Because Fallout 4 was released in 2005. Or 2015, excuse me, 2015, sorry. Fallout 4 was released in 2015. It's three years and we're already getting another full-length Fallout game made by Bethesda Game Studios, not by, like, Obsidian Studios, where we had Fallout 3 and then Fallout New Vegas by Obsidian Studios. Nothing like that. So, this begs my question. Were they working on it simultaneously with the DLCs of Fallout 4? Um, or, you know, and... that That's kind of where I'm at with it, is... When were they working on this? Were they working on this simultaneously with Fallout 4 kind of at the end? Like, maybe there was a different idea for Fallout 4, and they had a lot of it done, and then they just went back and finished it, and they are like, alright, let's just finish it, release it as a game. Um, because, you know, Bethesda's E3 lineup right now is looking like Rage 2, and that was about it at the time, you know, minus some Wolfenstein DLC... Uh, some Dishonored 2 DLC, um, maybe. They're, they're supposedly working on AAA mobile game, which is what I thought this was going to be, um, based off of one of their AAA games. Um, you know, probably Fallout 4 for Switch, um, probably more Elder Scrolls Legends expansions, the Somerset Isles expansions for ESO. But there's something missing here that frustrates me which is why I wanted to go ahead and do this second podcast and talk about this because this is pretty much all I'm going to be talking about is why in the world are we getting a second Fallout game three years after we just got a Fallout game and it's been since 2011 since we got a new full-length Elder Scrolls game this is where I'm getting frustrated okay the Fallout 4 yeah that can kind of whet my appetite uh, playing that kind of game engine for the next Elder Scrolls game. Um, but to me, I I just don't understand why we're not getting Elder Scrolls 6. If, you know, we already got Fallout 4. It's kind of the same thing, you know. We got uh, Fallout 3, then we got Oblivion, and then we got New Vegas... Then we got Elder Scrolls 6, so I'm wondering if they're just repeating their history in Fallout 4, no Elder Scrolls game, Elder Scrolls 7, or Fallout 76, Elder Scrolls 6. Because to me, I just, I can't wrap my brain around why they would make a triple, or not a triple, but a full-length Fallout game without giving all the other fans the Elder Scrolls game that they desperately want. You know, I love Bethesda. Don't get me wrong. I'm picking up Fallout 76. Uh, Depending on the game, we haven't seen gameplay footage yet at all, which they're probably saving for E3. 
But my biggest question is, what style game is this going to be? Because to me, Fallout 4 was a... It kind of deviated from what Bethesda normally does. It felt more like a world-building game with a couple of stories added on. It felt like they really drove home the world-building game with some stories added on. So is Fallout 76 going to be like that, where there's, you know, the, the crafting system is just... We've improved on it so much, and you can pretty much... This is your chance to just go out and build whatever you want. Is, is it going to be like a world-building game that plays like Fallout 4? It plays like Fallout 4, but it's a world-building style of, like, Age of Empires or something. Um, or that's still that world-building assets from Fallout 4 to to create... You know, you know, because it's go out and reclaim and rebuild and repopulate and this, this, and that. So, is it going to be kind of like a Fallout Shelter meets Fallout Four, like a actual big style Fallout Shelter game? Um, that's my question. Or is it going to be the kind of like the traditional Bethesda game where it's they take all that freaking crafting settlements crap that they had in Fallout Four? And they actually made a linear story. Because here's the thing. In the Elder Scrolls and Fallout games, believe it or not, yeah, you can go and you can do whatever the hell you want. But there's still a linear story. With the Elder Scrolls, you have the blades. No matter what you do, if you're doing the main quest, no matter what you do, no matter which game it is, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, you're joining the blades no matter what you do. In those main stories. Really, they really shouldn't call it the Elder Scrolls and should call it more the Tales of the Blades. You know, or something like that. Because no matter what you do... Morrowind, the very first mission you get is to go to the next town. Talk to this guy. And his immediate uh, reaction is, Oh, uh, welcome to Morrowind. Uh, You have now just joined the Blades and we need you to do this. So Morrowind... You join the Blades pretty much right away. Oblivion, it takes some time. Oblivion, you're introduced to the Blades at the very beginning. Uh, all of them but one are killed, and then you end up going through the story, and then you have to go back to the Blades uh, and all that. Really, you start working for the Blades uh, in the beginning of that game regardless because you know first they don't trust you because you're the prisoner, but then they trust you and you fight side by side and help him out, and then you're sent to the Grandmaster of the Blades to um, go send on other missions. So essentially, you're working for the Blades. You're not exactly a Blade, uh, the entire story of Oblivion, until you know, you're know you officially uh, sworn in as a Blade member. And then Skyrim, of course, there's the fact that the Blades were hunted and killed by the Thalmor, um, which was a very unique twist, but pretty much the Dovahkiin if you follow the main story and you know of course there is the mod the Parthenax Dilemma but if you follow the main story and you do kill Parthenax you can rebuild the blades you know either way you've rebuilt the blades no matter what so that's the linear story in the Elder Scrolls games I don't care what anybody else says that is the linear story that's the thing that connects all the Elder Scrolls games, no matter what you do, no matter what you choose to do, whether it be Fighters Guild, Mages Guild, Companions, College of Mages, 
you know, what have you, Thief's Guild, Dark Brotherhood, you know, in, in, in Skyrim, it's, you know, choosing a side in the Civil War, in Oblivion, it's, uh, you know, just choosing to actually close all the Oblivion gates or not, you know, whatever, you can choose to do whatever you want to do, that's the appeal to those games, is it's, it's a true role-playing game, because to this day, Skyrim was released in 2011. Yes, there's been a remastered edition. Yes, you can mod it to all get out to change it no matter what. But to this day, Skyrim is still played by millions of players. I don't care what anybody says. To this day, Skyrim is still played by millions of players. This is a game from 2011. Hell, Morrowind from back in the day, back in like 2002, is still played to this day. Now, the graphics aren't as good. Now, there are graphic mods out there to kind of update the graphics a little bit. Still played to this day. Oblivion is still played to this day. And the reason being is because in these three games, it is the true essential Dungeons & Dragons video game come to life. You know, even though Dungeons & Dragons has its own video game, this is the true role-playing game experience. I don't care what anybody else says. That's why I want a Star Wars game made by Bethesda, because it's such a true role-playing experience. You can create whatever character you want, and you can turn that character into the biggest, baddest mage, the sneakiest little thief, the deadliest assassin, the greatest warrior. Or, if you want to, you can go and you can mine. For ores, you can be a miner. You can be you can be whatever you want to be in these games, and there's no restrictions. Like you're you don't have to do the main story. There's a mod for the game called Live Another Life, which pretty much erases the opening scene of the game, and you can literally go and do whatever the hell you want to do. You don't have to play the main story. You know, yes, in Skyrim, your character is the Dovahkiin, but you don't have to be the Dovahkiin. You can start up a new story, yeah, go through the little opening scene, or use the little another life mod, depending on what you're playing, and you don't have to be the Dovahkiin. Heck, you can even get Magicka Sabers, which are just lightsabers made from wood in Soul Gems, and you can pretend to be a Jedi if you want in these games. That's the greatest appeal to these games is the fact that you can literally get in this world and do whatever you want to do it is the ultimate fantasy and with fallout the ultimate sci-fi role-playing games you know and and that is the appeal it is they're they're just wonderful great games and in fallout yeah it's the post-apocalyptic futuristic america that hugged nuclear power too much you know and yes you know fallout 3 kind of you know was their first kind of like hey let's you know kind of stick to a story but hey you can still kind of do what you want but this is what you gotta stick to same thing with fallout new vegas which of course was not really made by them but you could still choose between factions which is something that I think that Bethesda learned um, from New Vegas and from Obsidian is, hey, you know, these players love the choice of faction, and it kind of adds more to the role-playing experience. 
So with Skyrim, you know, they added two separate Civil War factions, the Imperials and the Stormcloaks. They're clashing. You can choose to choose you can choose to fight for whatever side, or you can choose not to fight for either side. It really depends on how you want to play your game. And then in Fallout 4, you know, you had the Minutemen, you had the Institute, you had the Railroad, you had the Brotherhood of Steel. And thanks to some mods, you can even have the Enclave. You know, I mean, that's, that is the appeal to these games, is the ultimate choice to do whatever the heck you want to do. If you want to go and be the best good guy in the post-apocalyptic world you can, or if you want to go and be the worst bad guy you can, you, it's your choice. You know, now, I will say that adding voices to the main characters in Fallout 4, it, to me, it did help bring a, a little bit more of a role-playing experience to it, even though, you know, um, because in, like, Skyrim or Oblivion or whatever, you just kind of had to make up how the character sounded in your head. But as far as, you know, Fallout uh, 4 went, you know, you could... You know, yeah, there was one voice, uh, but for each different, you know, uh, selection of, of words, it brought life to to the character that you've created, you know, with, with the actual, you know, dialogue being spoken versus just written out like traditional uh, RPG games have been up until, uh, and I think they kind of took that a little bit from Mass Effect. Because people saw that through Mass Effect, you can still play a role-playing game and have a voice actor voice act in these and still have the dynamic of choice and different tones for each, you know, selection of like, hey, you know, this is what he selected and, you know, you still have those choices, but the dynamic of how they say those choices brings kind of a little bit more life to the character that you've created which I enjoy, and it's kind of the same thing with uh, Star Wars Online, which is why I enjoy that game, not getting into those. But the fact remains still that I'm going to just come out and say that I'm a little heated at Bethesda. You know, we have been waiting since 2011 for Elder Scrolls. Really, I I wouldn't say 2011. I'll give it 20... 15, when they announced Fallout 4, they're like, we're like, okay, Fallout 4 has been announced, so in a couple years, we're going to get Elder Scrolls 6. You know, so 2005 came, we got Fallout 4, which, in my honest opinion, it's a great game. It had a fairly decent story, depending on whatever sides you picked. Um, some of the DLCs were really good. Uh, I particularly like Nuka Cola World. That was a fairly good DLC. Um, that was more for like a a bad character, uh, in my opinion. I kind of played with it with my good character, and it just didn't kind of really fit. Um, now I will say, if you choose to side with the Institute and then play the Nuka Cola DLC, and you kind of, you know, you can kind of role play a little bit of a. You know, I'm a part of the um, the leader of the institute, and now I'm trying to reshape the Commonwealth to the way that I want it, and to kind of cause chaos in the Commonwealth to keep showing the people in the institute that hey, you know, the above world is not all it's shaken up to be. Um, but anyways, I digress. 2011 was the last time we got a full length Elder Scrolls game. 
Well, they announced Fallout 4. Alright, cool. I dig it. We need something new Fallout related? Okay, fine, I'll play it. I played it. Like I said, it kind of fell short in my opinion. Um, And I think for me what killed a lot of it was, yeah, I did like the idea that I could kind of set up my own base of operations. Um, You know, that I can keep going back to for, you know, like to just stay overnight or what it kind of added like to a survival mode of the game that you know kind of appealed to me you know and it kind of brings like a little role-playing aspects but to me it falls short because the crafting system it's almost like it relied on the crafting system like in main story when you have to craft the stuff to go into the institute like that it was just so daunting in my opinion yeah it's easy it's not like you have to sit there and wait like x amount of minutes for it to build or whatever it's instant build but still it's kind of boring in my opinion it kind of take took away from the gameplay uh and kind of the the hard-hitting storyline that they were trying to bring there was just some of the gameplay aspects kind of took away from the story because they wanted you to use that in the st- in in the story itself, so that kind of you know makes it mm, shoot my brains out. Um, but the fact that we're getting a full length Fallout game, no matter what style game it is, if it is just a world building game, if it's like Fallout Three done in the Fallout Four engine, uh, where it's you know you create a character and you go through your story. You know, like, the traditional Bethesda game. Like, what Fallout... Essentially, for me, it's like what Fallout 4 should have been without the crafting system. Is is what I'm thinking that it might be. Because I just... I, I just don't understand it. You know, we, we've been wanting Elder Scrolls 6 since probably... Let's just say 2006, which is still quite a long time time since the last Elder Scrolls game we got. Because again, Skyrim came out 11, 11, 11. So the fact that we're not getting Elder Scrolls 6 at least announced this year kind of puts a sour taste in our mouth, especially since we're getting a Fallout 76. You know, no matter what style of game it is, no matter. I just. I'm a little salty that I I can't even put it into words. That's how salty I am. Again, I'm still going to end up buying Fallout 76. I'm still going to end up playing it because I play everything Bethesda does because they just make such great video games. Ah, it's so annoying. that I just get sucked into their worlds and I just want to play everything they make for it. Which is why I have Fallout Shelter and Elder Scrolls Legends on my phone and I play them every day, but... I digress. The biggest thing that I hope comes from this is is the game that Fallout 4 was supposed to be that just fell... Sh- that I want it to be a better game than Fallout 4. Because if it's not a better game than Fallout 4, I'm going to be frustrated because this is time that they could have put into making Elder Scrolls 6, which they constantly say that they're not even in production on yet that yes they have started assets and they've started a store they've 
kind of written a story, but they're not quite sure yet. And then again, it could just be the Bethesda runaround of saying, no, we're not doing it. And then, boom, out of the blue, like they did with this, we get our our uh, Elder Scrolls Six announcement. So really, my biggest issue is I want my Elder Scrolls Six. I think that the last three years have been heavy, heavy Fallout-related items, minus the Skyrim stuff that they've re- – like the, the Skyrim remaster – um, which I guess they thought would whet our appetite until Elder Scrolls Six, which, yeah, I mean, it's cool and all, but, you know, it did introduce mods to the Xbox One, which was really cool because, you know, okay, yeah, now I can actually... I think if Skyrim was remastered to the Xbox One and didn't have mods, fans would be more, more furious because it's like, okay, yeah, I can now play Skyrim's with some mods on... Uh, Xbox One, okay, because it, it can change my gameplay now, and I can do whatever I want for people who are non-PC gamers, so that was to just kind of whet our appetite, you know, and then they're still pouring money into ESO, which I think is terrible because it's not all that great of an MMO, in my opinion, um, the perfect example of an MMO, in my opinion, that is engaging and I actually enjoy playing is Star Wars The Old Republic Online, which I reference again. I just... Ah, I just really want my Elder Scrolls 6. I've been waiting for Elder Scrolls 6 since the announcement of Fallout 4, and I really want it. I know I've said that probably five or six times in this podcast episode, but... You don't understand. Like, I have logged so many hours in the Skyrim. It gets monotonous at times because, it, yeah, I've cleared the same dungeons hundreds of thousands of times or probably not hundreds of thousands of times but I've cleared probably some of the same dungeons at least at least a hundred times you know I've done the main story probably 50 times I mean heck I mean the game's been out since 2011 I've played it on every single major platform you know from PlayStation 3 to uh PC to the only the okay I will say this the only two systems that Skyrim is out on that I have yet to play it is the PlayStation 4 and the Nintendo Switch and then of course PlayStation VR or just Skyrim in VR now that I would absolutely love to do but that would cause me to have to buy a PlayStation because I don't have a computer powerful enough to do Skyrim in VR um my game, my PC barely even is able to run Skyrim Remastered at all nowadays. Um, especially if I have it modded out, it just immediately crashes. And I'll have like one or two mods on there. Like the Live Another Life mod. Like that was the only mod I had on there and it still crashed. And I have it on the lowest settings possible. But if I have no mods on there, it'll still kind of load and play, which is weird. But. So my computer can't really run Skyrim anymore, um, even the old version, because I have it so modded out, which I, if I go in and probably just delete all the mods and change all the video quality again, I might be able to run it, but I don't really want to delete all the mods, because then it's just, you know, I have the PlayStation 3, and I can play it on the PlayStation 3, so it doesn't really matter there. Um... But I want my Elder Scrolls 6 game, and I don't care if it's Elder Scrolls 6 Valenwood, if it's 
freaking you're going back to the plains of oblivion if we're we do i think here's my honest opinion and i think this is why it's taking so long for elder scrolls 6 fallout 4 was not that big of a map i'll be honest here compared to other open world games fallout 4 was not that big of a map um just base game that's not including the dlcs so in at the at the time in 2011 at the time skyrim had the biggest open world map of any game and to me fallout 4 feels a little bit bigger than that maybe um maybe maybe a bit bigger uh than that but to me you know just based on the the actual locations that i even thought was worth going to it's not all that big of a map i mean there's not you know a ton of cities that you can go to that are populated uh kind of like well i guess there wasn't really that much in the other fallout games either which is i guess just the nature of the the game itself but you know even still there there wasn't it just didn't feel populated enough it didn't feel like it just felt empty like it was hollow like they had a great idea but a lot of it was all hollow like they they poured to me it seems too much time into the crafting system than some of the other areas that they normally are known for um because there are a lot of places you go to and you you can't even really like explore some of those places because a lot of it's just closed down you know, like, you can't even really go into a lot of these places. Now, when you get into the actual, like, downtown Boston area, where you have, like, Diamond City and, all, and you know, Trinity Towers and all that, yeah, I mean, it feels kind of big because there's a lot of places in one cluster to go to. But a lot of the landmarks in that game are just in open space, like an open area of the game. You know, yeah, there's some secret tunnels and there's some other stuff, but any of the landmarks worth going to you know is i don't know it, it just felt like i said it was just underwhelming and the fact that we're getting another fallout game my hopes is again that fallout 76 is better than fallout 4 in every aspect get rid of the stupid crafting system and go back to what is necessary now the only crafting system that I agree with that they should have done a lot more time into, um, which I kind of wish they took more from Skyrim on this crafting system, is the making of weapons, where you find raw material and you make your own weapons, which was you know nice because of like the pipe rifles and all that, but you couldn't really like you had to already own it to kind of craft on it. Which is kind of where I think it falls short in that, that sense of the crafting system. You know, because their main thing was, oh, here's all these settlements and you got to build them up and you got to get settlers here and you got to do this and that. Like, to me, the reason why I say it's underpopulated and everything like that, because you have to go to these settlements and you have to rebuild them. You can build them any way you want. Which, I mean, I guess is kind of unique for your own gameplay. But in a sense, you know, you you build it the way you want, which is, yeah, that's good, but God, why do I have to have 
so many settlements that I have to go and build and maintain. You know, is this a, a world-building game or is this a action-adventure RPG? And it kind of teetered the line between the two at times. And I felt that's where it falls short because they wanted you to craft all the time and do the world-building aspects. But we just wanted to freaking kill raiders and super mutants and other stuff. Yeah, it's fun. But don't make it a full-length Fallout game in your universe like that. Like, yeah, it would have been a good, fun, little half-price game for, like, 30 bucks. Have, like, one little story in it. You know, if, if it was just, like, okay, you escaped the vault. And, like, pretty much how I feel Fallout 76 is gonna be where you get out of the vault... And you have to go and you rebuild the world. So you rebuild all the area around you. And you just get settlers. And it's... My fear is that Fallout 76 is just the entire Minutemen side thing. Where you go and do settlements and build them. And that's the gist of the game. That is my fear for Fallout 76. Because if it is that, then I probably won't buy the game if it's just that i might just because sometimes i do kind of like that world building game play but at the same time it gets kind of old which is kind of where i think fallout 4 falls short because yeah i've got all these stories i can do but after that there's really nothing besides the dlc you know really it's just wandering aimlessly building settlements back up which i mean i guess in role-playing purposes is fine depending on what group you side with um so i just i don't know you know it's just weird to me so that's kind of my take on it um like i said fallout 76 announced it's coming we'll know more june 10th e3 uh I will be glued to the TV watching it. Um, I don't care how or, you know, what. But I will be glued to the TV watching Bethesda Showcase because I am intrigued to know what Fallout 76 is and how its gameplay is going to be. But I just... I want my Elder Scrolls 6. Bethesda, if any time between this year... And this E3 and next E3, if we don't even get at least a teaser or a little nibble of Elder Scrolls 6, I might have to stop buying your stuff. No, I'll still buy your stuff. I'm just very impatient for my Elder Scrolls 6 game. And I hope it's massive. I hope it's a massive, massive game that I can just do anything and everything in. And... Honestly, I would love for it to be in Hammerfell. I want to go to the lands of the Red Guards. That's what I want. Give me Hammerfell, deserts, you know, warm climate. I've traversed the snow-packed climate of Skyrim for so long now. I want to traverse warm climates. So let's go to Hammerfell. Or let's make a massive 
huge undertaking in Elder Scrolls 6 of having every single province as a map. It's doable if you know how to do it right. You'd have to have a transportation system, like a singular, like a ship. That would be cool, like you own your own ship, and you can transport to the different provinces and traverse every single province, and there's a different, like, story quest you can do in every single province until you become the hero of Tamriel. That would be cool. That would be worth the wait. But if we get a map the size of Fallout 4 and maybe a couple DLCs with a couple extra maps, you know, like, maybe that's what they're doing. Because if you think about it, okay, Elder Scrolls 4, you had Solstheim, which was a huge map in and of itself. Okay, now in Fallout 4... You added a few different maps, you know, that were, you know, like Far Harbor. That added quite a bit of area to cover and to do. The same thing with Nuka World. Added quite a bit of area and stuff to do. So maybe they are going to do that with Elder Scrolls Six. Maybe they're going to have maybe three or four provinces that you can go to. I don't know. All I know is that you guys, thanks for listening this impromptu second episode of the week, um, which will not happen a lot unless big news uh, on something relevant that I want to talk about like this uh, is just like an in-depth coverage of one of the topics, uh, you know, or whatever, just one singular topic. You know, I know, I know at the beginning I had that NBA stuff, but that was just to talk about that briefly. Um so, thank you guys, as always, for listening. I know this was very heavy Fallout and Elder Scrolls talk. And if you made it all the way to the end, thank you. Um, I love you guys. And as always, keep on gaming on. Fatal Joystick, out!